All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the Be The Bright podcast. My name is Matt Hawkins, owner of Ridge Supply. I'm here with Jordan Spoon, our co-host, and our special guest today is none other than Stephen Fitzgerald of Rodeo Labs. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Jordan. Glad to have you. Yeah. By the way, Jordan's down there. It's weird. They do weird. Everybody's things. different. Yeah. I, it, it mirrors it, so sometimes you point this way. Just, it's all good. You're in Denver. I'm on the coast of North Carolina. Jordan is over uh, outside of uh, Charlotte area, kind of in North Carolina. So we're here on Zoom recording on uh, YouTube and Spotify. What do you need? What do you need? Talk to me. How warm is it where you are? It's cold and rainy. It's kind of gross. I think Jordan's got some wintery mix. We're right at at freezing. So we've been getting that freezing rain, wintery mix stuff all day. Yeah. Woke up to seven degrees today. So not good. It's not okay. Did you ride in? No. 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 No, I have a threshold. So and that's below it. Well, that's good. Cool. Sorry. Well, um, I, I I wanted to find out for myself, honestly, if people don't know, um, you know, Rodeo Labs, uh tell me about yourself and and how rodeo lab started because honestly i don't know all the story myself and i'm sure some other folks would would be interested in hearing out what the heck's going on so we started uh in 2014 which is starting to become a long while ago now uh i was a a a solid mid-pack amateur road racer and uh i was on a a team here in Denver that was very serious, even though we were all mid-pack amateur road racers. And uh, I think I got a little bit burnout on that vibe of like overly self-important kind of like racing. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, and there were some friends that I wanted to have on that team with me, but they weren't allowed to be on it because they weren't serious enough. Uh, and the whole thing, like I actually really love road riding and road racing, but just that culture, I think I finally hit a tipping point with like, this shouldn't be this way. We should all just be able to ride bikes together and uh, race together or not, or do whatever we want, whenever we want it. Uh, so it was like this snap that I had. Um, and I just got together with Peter, a friend of mine. And I was like, I think it's time to just start a team that just has no rules and lets everybody on it. Um, and I was on Instagram at that point, uh, kind of enjoying all the people I was meeting and what was going on online. And I, my thesis was like, anybody can tell their story to anybody now, and anybody can be excited yeah. about something now, instead of like having to have somebody talk about you. Uh, you can just show everybody what you're doing. And if people are interested, they'll watch. And if they're not, they'll go away. Um, and I, so I said, we'll start rodeo and we're just going to show everybody what we're excited about. And Peter was like, I'm in. And there were like four other guys that were like, you know, my buddies that I wanted to ride and race with. And they were like, I have no idea what this is, but I'll do it too. Or at least I'll buy a kit. Um, Cause we definitely had to have matching kits. Um, and so I designed the kit and came up with the name rodeo um, and then put up a WordPress template uh and, and then i just wrote some like core values which honestly are still there and have not been modified ever yeah. soren was like have you read this page recently uh a guy who worked <laughs> here and i was like no i haven't touched it and he's like well it shows 
And I was like, well, I think I'm all right with that. I think I'm all right with the fact that like, there's still a piece of like this thing that we did on day one. That yeah. really it's a foundation, you know? Yeah. It's not exactly synchronous with what we're doing completely right now in terms of like, we're not exactly like building some completely wild unstructured community of Wahoos. Um, yeah. But we, but we leave it there because that's where we started. Uh, I think I'm going to put a preface, preface in and just explain to people what that paper presents to us. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like values circa 2014 and then yeah. have like the updated version, you know? I don't think we need to update the values. We're just not a gee whiz, let's all race bikes club anymore. Yeah. Uh, it morphed along the way. Um, so we, so it just, when I put that up and then we put the kit out, we started the Instagram, like it kind of blew up. It just blew up in a way that I had no idea uh, that anybody would have a reaction to it. And I think people liked, we had like these core values that were like, ride any bike, any way you want with anyone, as long as you're yeah. having, uh, and that was kind of our rules. And people were like, I'm so tired of rules. I'm in, I want a kit. <laughs> and like all these people came out from all over the world yeah. and were, were really into just like the idea uh, uh, that we had put up. So it touched a nerve. Uh, and like we shipped just hundreds of kits all over the world that year. Yeah. It, it kind of blew up and it took over my life because it wasn't my job. It was just an amateur bike riding joke club fun thing uh, that I cared about, but it wasn't serious. Uh, and at about that time, I was uh, starting to ride my cyclocross bike in more and more stupid situations on purpose, just because I was bored with like the normal road, you know, how many times can you do the same loop yeah. without getting bored? But you're like, I think I could probably take that trail on this bike. And then this ride will be a little bit less boring. Um, just, you know, take a picture of it, experiment, make a video. Uh, and so, but I was doing it on the cyclocross bike with very bad brakes and very bad gearing and very small tires. Um, and, and I, at the, so at the same time rodeo happened, I was thinking, I want to make myself a bike to do this stuff because I'm having fun, but it isn't there. I don't see it out there anyway. And even if somebody's making like an early variant of it, I didn't care because I was way, way into this idea of just, I'm going to do everything myself. Like we started a team and it's really fun to design kits and it's really fun. Yeah. To so I was like, we're going to do our own bike. I'm going to do my own bike. I'm going to paint it like rodeo because now I'm way into all the stuff that we've done. Uh, and that was it. Like, so I, I did it. I found this generic frame from China and I contacted them and I was like, can you modify some stuff on it for me? So I can like run a dropper and some yeah. specs on the tire clearance. And they did. And then I was like, here's my design. And they were like, great, we'll paint that. So it shows up or I showed some friends that and like three other people on the team. And then my sister wanted one, uh, and then I just gave it, you know, a silly name that was very self-deprecating, um, but it had a it had a purpose. The purpose was like this bike isn't the best at anything, but I'm having a lot of fun on it, and it's you know, so it was just reliable, slow trail donkey, you know, like the like the guide canyons and the guide donkeys in the Grand Canyon was the actual name of the trail donkey bike, where that came from, and they were these pack mules that are on these very narrow cliff trails but they never fall, you know, and there's all this exposure and they can carry this load and they can go up and down these things for, you know, 12, 15 hours and they don't wear out. And I just thought that's really all I'm aspiring to here is just kind of like 
a reliable, dependable, fun mic. Um, and also it wasn't, it is, it wasn't serious. So it's, it's better to be self-deprecating than call it like, you know, the Trail Slayer 3000 and like try and pretend that it is. Looking forward to the Trail Slayer 3000. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, yeah. one of those. I would buy that. It's we, platinum, yeah. right? It's made out of platinum. Yeah. Yeah. Best scar. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, dude, I mean, you, you, we have a par we have a parallel story, which is kind of wild. I feel like the universe brought us together in a way. Like, do you feel that way at all? Like, I'm I'm not saying that we're like, it's that big a deal, but we were doing the same thing around yeah, what, the same time. Was it when were you hit by the? Yeah, I mean, I I got hit in 2014, and I started Rich Supply in 2015, and and we were, you know. I mean, I just, it's funny. I think it's not funny, but like um, you've become somebody that I, I know and I'm friends with and I've, I've watched Rodeo grow and, and have been a part of it as well and a, and a customer. And, um, but, you know, you, I think people think of Rodeo as a gravel company, but you actually were ahead of the gravel wave completely. And then really it- had a it, not because- Yeah. You know, like, I just didn't know that gravel was coming. Yeah. Uh, anybody else was interested in it. Um, yeah. But we didn't call the bike the gravel donkey. It was like. <laughs> right, right. Trail donkey because we were goofing around in on our local terrain, which was more like road to trail to road. Yeah. And then gravel hit. But yeah, no, it's similar. I mean, look, look at you. Look at your no, back. I mean, I, I think people are so funny too. like people that don't know what it takes to like run a business. You know, one thing I've always noticed about you is like, you're busy. You're always busy. You always feel, you know, like you can't get to the emails or get, you know, like that feeling only gets worse as, as things get grow and it wears on you after a while. Um, and I know that, that the ethos of what you started is that same feeling of like, sometimes you got to strip all that away and just like ride your bike and like check in, you know, and, and you seem to have been able to do that while building something along the way. Like you never really like not ridden. You still ride it. You know, how much do you ride a week now? Oh, well, I think an average week is like a hundred, 150 miles. It's not really that spectacular right now, but I, we did get on a pretty great kick recently where I was up to like 250, 280 a week on it for, for a couple of weeks uh, for various reasons. Uh, yeah. um, and that is an extremely difficult thing to keep riding when you're running a business and let's not diminish, have a family yeah. uh, and also <laughs> want to stay married. Yeah. Uh, it's just like so hard. Uh, but I mean, the rodeo really came out of really, really, really loving bikes. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's pervasive in everybody that works here and this surrounds like the nucleus, uh, which I would include you. It's like, obviously we're not connected business-wise, but we're friends and like we overlap, but you love bikes. Gordon, I'm guessing same thing. It's just yeah. consuming, like I love bikes. And I've seen some people who are more industry, who, who are coming at the bike industry from the business side of it. Uh, they yeah. come in with a role of like a logistics person or a CAD designer or something like that. And not that they don't love bikes, but 
there are, there are many, many, many people who, who work in and around bikes that don't ride anymore. And I definitely remember meeting people specifically prior to us going to Sea Otter who were like, you're not going to ride at Sea Otter. No one rides at Sea Otter. Yeah. It's yeah. And in trade show booths, we rode twice a day, every day, it's to and from the, the thing. And then we let a group ride. Uh, and yeah. like, we were like, we're bike riders. Why do you think we're here? Like, we're, that's never going to change. And the pressure is to not ride because I could get to work earlier. I can get home earlier. I can get more done in a day. Uh, sure. But I think if you lose touch with riding bikes, then then rodeo will absolutely stop working. Like yeah. completely yeah. stop working. And like people would pick up really quickly that we'd gone kind of like cold calculated corporate bike, bike unit makers uh, yeah. instead of like people who really want to ride. And I think our bikes would, would, you know, be less relevant and less good. Um, they wouldn't have any context. People wouldn't trust us. So aside from just loving it, it, it has to be a part of anything that we're doing for it to be real. Yes, so, yeah. well, I want to, I want to tell a story of how we got together, because I think that it's still, it's been a while, but it's still so relevant, but I wanted to do a a bike where I was just going to basically get it custom painted or custom made. And I had looked around and you can't really, there's not really that many options, you know, to get like a real custom bike. And most of those options are Thai. And, um, you know, you can find a Thai builder who makes an incredible bike. And, but typically my style is to get it painted and to get it bright. And, and that wasn't really going to work. And I ended up um, reaching out to Jared Gruber. And I don't, I've never met Jared, but he's a friend of yours and he's a customer and it's been a customer for a long time. And, uh, but I, I knew him well enough and I would send him an email or I would send him a, a PM or DM or whatever. And it would take a while to get back because the dude's busy. He's traveling around Europe. He's whatever. But I sent him an email and I was like, Hey, you've got a trail donkey. What do you think about it? And no joke, five minutes later, I got this giant, giant email. And I've read you this before, but I want to read this, this piece because I think it's still so relevant today. He said, love it in capital uh, word, uh, letters. I love it, love it, love it. I love the donkey. I love Rodeo Labs. I think Stephen is an absolute gem of a human being. There's soul in Rodeo Labs. It is more than just a product or a new thing. It is a life. For that reason alone, I'd go donkeying all day, every day. And when I read, when I read that email, I was like, I got to get this bike because that, <laughs> I didn't know you. I didn't know you. All I knew was that Jared Gruber could ride whatever he wanted, you know, and he chose it. Um, and he was trying to explain the soul behind it, you know, um, and I'd like to hear from you because I know this is not probably the one thing you would talk about very much, but like, what is the soul behind, I think part of it starts with you, but what is the soul behind Rodeo Labs? Well, um, yeah, Jared's note was very nice. Like, I, I didn't know that you guys had docked and I never uh, like, hey, Jared to ride our bikes. Uh, I did start giving him an Ashley frames, but I couldn't afford to get him parts. Um, I mean, like he reached out to me and he's like, this looks really fun. Can we do this? And then we're friends now. We, we like, we became pretty good friends. And 
Um, and he was very kind with that, but I know he wouldn't have lied if he hated it. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Did, we had some, we had some good times uh, on rides. He introduced me to the San Juans, uh, where of course you've been with me now. Uh, the soul of the soul of rodeo. Well, a I don't want it to all uh, like a like I don't appear very much in the rodeo labs feed. I try to stay out of it uh, because I don't want it to be like a cult of personality. Uh, I'd rather show other people out on our bikes than just myself. Um, I mean, I have my Instagram, but I actually took rodeo out of my profile on Instagram because I just wanted to be me. Uh, and yeah, I talk about my company, but like, I don't, I'm not trying to shill for rodeo on my personal thing, nor am I trying to make rodeo, like hey, everybody look at me. Um, it's way more interesting. The more people that get involved uh, since, you know, day one till now, the way better the story gets. Uh, and it's more interesting to talk about that. Um, but I, I don't know, rodeo have a, the soul of rodeo is that like, you can still just be giddy excited about, uh, riding a bike and going places on bikes almost indefinitely. Like it's a bottomless well of, I, I love everything that we're doing. So like we have a slogan, ride, explore, create, which some just hit me like year two or something like that. It was like, what did, why are we here and what are we doing? And that summed it up was just like, absolutely never, always priority number one, never stop riding bikes. Um, Cause it inspires everything else. All of, all of the context, all of the validation of the design, all of the building of community and spending time with friends and all these other things come out of just riding bikes together, sometimes alone. Uh, and then the explore is, was, was meant to be like more of a DNA, like the company culture should be explorative. Like we should be culturally exploring like and geographically exploring where are we going where haven't we ridden yet what kind of territory uh, haven't we covered so it's a metaphor but it's a literal thing we have a big map of colorado on the wall here at the office and we've got all these like sharpie circles on it of like do you know anyone who's ridden there i don't know anybody i've never been there and like we need to go fill in the map um and we've really even covered one state the map is so still mostly empty like we barely touched anything um but it's a good example of it uh, like the Groovers introduced me to the San Juans, but nobody I knew, and almost nobody in general, I think the locals were riding there, but like nobody was riding there because it's just too hard, really, to ride bikes there. Um, it's just too savage. But then we went there and built the, if we just, Jared literally just mapped out routes on all these different roads. And then we, when we went to Silverton, we did the same thing where we basically covered everything in a given area and rode it all and filled it in. And it was mind blowing to fill in a part of the map and see things on a bike that nobody else had shown you before. Everyone's shown, shown me all my local trails. I can see photos of everything. Everybody knows every road around Denver, but nobody goes to these other places. So that was kind of the Explorer vibe. Um, and Create is, is definitely near and dear because like, I feel like me as a person, I need to be making things and, and I'm just like, I want to create, like it's, I want something to exist that didn't exist. And I used to do that with design, just used to be a designer. Um, but now it's, I, and I always wanted real things to exist. I used to experiment with making furniture and products and things, but I could never figure out how to make them, you know, get them into the real world. Um, and now having this company where we've somehow cracked the code on I think we can get anything made or make anything that we imagine now. Uh, and just the amazing fun it is to make things. And, uh, and like, 
that's got to be us indefinitely. So that's kind of the soul of what we do. Um, and, you know, creating is it's endless. You're creating community and friendships and products to sell, but also things to not sell uh, or just a film like, you know, hopefully the Silverton film is completed. And that's just as important product to me than any of our bikes. It's just talk to share with people why you're excited about your story. Um, so that's us, I think. That's the soul of it. Um, well, everybody. Jordan's a customer. I'm a customer. Um, Jordan, why did you buy a trail donkey? Like, I found it through social media and you know, started looking at it. Um, I was exposed to it from just seeing you ride yours at the time and seeing them out and about. And you start following the company and it was like, this is more than just a cool bike. And you kind of get into it. And I reached out to you, you got me in touch with Steven and shortly thereafter, I, I had one ordered and, you know, it was at the house and yeah. Cause you did, you did something ago. unique. You did, you built like two bikes at once. You did like a did this thing just cut off on me? Nope, we're still going. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you did like um, a road a road setup and then yeah. a, a gravel setup at, yeah. on the same on the same bike. And I, I think I think Stephen too something that that rodeo makes. There's a lot of things that make rodeo unique, but your your intentional functionality as the primary driver of what it is that the bike does is the thing that separates you from other competition because you valued functionality and like, you know, it, it needed to be, it needed to have like uh, routing for lights. It needed to have mounts for, you know, on the fork, like you needed tire clearance, you needed, you know what I mean? Like all those things, all those little things, instead of it being like, well, it's lighter than everything else and it's stiffer than whatever else, you just kept engineering functionality into the design and it's still happening. And I think that for, for, for a customer, I know for me, when I ride the bike, that I'm not left wanting, you know, uh, I'm not like, oh, this bike's uncomfortable or yeah. it's, unstable or it's whatever else it honestly has like 50 features that i'm not even using yet right <laughs> but if i want to i'm like well shoot i can bike pack this thing if i want you know it's ready to roll and um that that part of it is the sole part that i love when i ride that bike and i, I text you about this every now and then like because primarily where we live it's road and it's wind and it's you know and it's fast but we have the croatian here and when i get on that rodeo labs and i get out in the croatan like it is where i want to be like it's awesome and the experience the bike has never once let me down and we beat the crap out of it at silverton i was way out of the range of what it should or shouldn't do and um it never let me down and i, I just think there's something to that you know i was thinking about this recently i i don't know if y'all watch american pickers but I, it's a show that i catch with my wife and stuff and you know uh, Mike Wolf is on there. He loves bikes. He loves bikes and early motorcycles. And he's out there looking for things from the turn of the century and stuff. And he's geeked out about it. And I'm always like, I'm kind of collecting rodeo labs at this point, you know, because somebody is going to come after these bikes and be like, I've got the original Ridge rodeo bike. And yeah. I've got the first 3.0 trail donkey, you know, and like, 
I mean, I'm joking, like, but it's serious. Like maybe a hundred years from now, somebody's going to find this bike and be like, oh man, do you hear the story about this? And um, because they're rare, they're super rare. And I think that's really a testament to you guys for putting something out there mm -hmm. that is that unique, you know? I, I, yeah, I, I just don't see a reason why bikes don't have to be versatile. Uh, I understand like specializing, Jordan, you're doing the car racing thing. And then yeah. a race car <laughs> has to be adapted, you know, to be competitive at the highest end of yeah. to, to that one function. But as I got further away from just dedicated mid-pack amateur racing, uh, I was like, I don't live a life with dedicated function. I live a life with time constraints and geography constraints and these other things that are important to me. And, and, and so our bikes don't have to be the best and will never be the best at any one little thing, uh, but they do have to be really useful for a lot of different things because I think probably, again, that's not right. Cause I'm so smart. It's just like, that's the bike that I needed and wanted to exist for me in the beginning. Yeah. I've got two hours and I don't want to ride that stupid route again, but I can, I can get to the trails, get 10 miles of trail and get home on the road. Um, I don't have to drive to the trail and put my bike on the roof rack and I don't have to waste 30 minutes of driving out of my two hours. Like it was all just a calculation of what, what bike can just get me there and make me happy enough. Uh, that I'm really happy with how those two hours went. And that's kind of what funneled that bike into that function, um, which was, of course, analogous with gravel bikes developing. And now, of course, people come to us to buy a gravel bike primarily, and they just happen to be that. Uh, but, but you see us, you know, doing things on them that is outside of the spectrum of like normal and rational. Uh, it's because we never really stopped being curious back to the initial idea of the trail donkey being the trail donkey is, well, how far can we ride on these and how, how hard can we push them? And, and if we want to get from point A to point B and it has such and such terrain in the middle, I don't want to be able to, I don't want to say like, I can't do that ride because this bike isn't perfect enough to do it. Yeah. I just want to get to point B and maybe like walking will be involved or won't, or like, the, the, the spectrum of the experience that you can compress into a single ride is actually really fun. It's just super fun. Uh, and that guides, you know, well, we're going to be out here all night. Uh, you know, I guess, we, I guess we need to think about dynamo routing and powered headlights and we need to be able to pack the gear on the bike, right? We need to add some eyelets for, you know, bike packing bags and things like that. Um, and it, those, those, those things all tend to come on board based on, again, the riding, um, so it's, it's not like an attack on specialized, not the brand, but just specialist bicycles. Uh, it's, it's just a lifestyle of like being curious of like, basically can we take on the entire world uh, on, on, on this bike? And, and we've been slapped down so many times by nature, you know, like going for terrain that's just like stupidly over ambitious, uh, you know, but those are memories that in retrospect, I'm just super happy to have too. Like when things don't go well and you push the bike too far and the answer of the question is like, no, you shouldn't do that. That's okay too. Like our name is lab, you know, lab. That's our last name or the adventure labs. And the idea that you're always experimenting 
is, is totally fine with me. Like failure an option is an option was one of our initial core values was, you know, that we wrote out on our website. It's like, we can try something and it cannot go well and that's fine. Uh, that was a worthwhile experience. So, so I guess the bikes get forged by those ideas. Yeah. 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 I know one of the cool things for me early on is like looking through social media and talking with Matt and hearing about you guys is a lot of your product development was and R&D was done by you guys literally beating your bikes up and taking them out and trying out what would work and figuring out how long they would hold up. And I know it was what, last year, beginning of last year, you did the Atlas Mountain Race, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, of what you put the bike through, some of your prep for that, and kind of, you know, how you use that from, a, I guess, a personal standpoint and a kind of business growth development, product research, all that. Yeah. Well, you, you got it. That's exactly what that trip was. So that I tried to write about that. Um, like, why am I doing this? So I, the Atlas mountain race is like a 750 mile, thousand kilometer self-supported bikepacking race in Morocco. Um, and I, I had never biked back bikepacked before, and I didn't have any bikepacking gear and I had no ambition to take up bikepacking as a sport. And it really, it's not super uh, like the thing that you do when you have young kids for a long time. You know, <laughs> a really great dad move. Um, but like, I think rodeo had come so far in the previous you know, five, six years. And we had gotten to a point where things were going really well. We had gotten past that point year two or three where you're past, am I even going to make it? Uh, which is about where that we tipped over into the, I think we're going to make it. Uh, and then now we're making it right. And we're growing every year. We just grow, grow, grow. People want our bikes. And so like, all right, uh, let's build the bike. And they want flashier paint. Cool. Let's do something crazier with paint. And like, wow, they just keep making the bikes more and more expensive with the coolest parts builds. And like, we're, you know, like we're doing things that are kind of interesting, but I think I came to a realization uh, that I was like, we aren't, I'm not doing anything super scary anymore. Like I was in the beginning of rodeo. And what really put me over the edge was Philly bike show, Matt, uh, you know, you went to that and we, we were right next to each other with the booths and, you, um, we did that together. And I did this, uh, booth design where we printed 1200 photos from, from rodeos. It was a ridiculous idea. Everyone hated me for it. <laughs> But like we built the booth out of photos basically in copper pipe. And, uh, and so I had to go through 25,000 photos from like the beginning of rodeo. All, and I was like, we, and then we got people to send in their own photos. And I was like, we're going to make a wall of like, what is rodeo? Just out of pictures. Um, and like, if you go through an old photo album, like it gets nostalgic real quick. And you start to see like, wow, time has passed. The kids are growing up. I'm older. Like in same thing happens with a company. Like if you look at your early stuff from your company and then you get to where you are now, what really struck me was it was so scary and so exciting and so risky back then. And I haven't felt that feeling for a long time of being like kind of out of control and not knowing what's going to happen because like you could kind of tell what was happening with rodeo and unless something terrible happens, things are going pretty well. Uh, and I, I just, I was sad. I was sad and I thought I've got to scare myself again to, to try and stay inspired uh, and to like reconnect with what it feels to have that in your life. So 
I had seen the the registration for this race and and I previously I saw it and thought no way like never in my life that's not even appealing that's just people suffering nonstop for a week or more is is completely unappealing uh, but then when I went back and looked at it again after having done that I was like I need to go do this because that is the scariest thing in the world to me. Um, so I emailed the organizer and it was like, I know it's full and registration's closed and I get it and I'm not asking for any favors, but like if a spot comes open, I will literally just do anything to, to like, let me know what I need to do to get in. Uh, and he gave me like a soft, we'll see what happens. And I, I filled out the, the questionnaire and it was like, what would you do if you're somewhere, you know, in Morocco and you're 80 kilometers from a village in the middle of the desert and you have a non, non-life-threatening catastrophic problem with yourself or your bike, like what, and you, there's no communication <laughs> or something. Uber, what do you think I'm gonna do? <laughs> I was like, that's the scariest, most exciting question in the world. Like, I, yeah. Like, uh, so it's so exciting to like apply for that. And, and then he emailed me a couple of weeks later. And I remember telling you, Matt, I was like, I applied for this thing. I don't even know if I'll get in, but it's all I can think about. And then I got in and, um, you wrote a lot, dude. You wrote a lot. Uh, I did. Well, that's what that was what I was getting to ask of like what the training was like leading up to an event. Like you got that. a free pass one day a weekend, right? Isn't that what? Isn't that so I, I talked to my wife and I was and so I said, Sarah, um, how would you like to go to Morocco? That was my intro. <laughs> uh, and she was good move, good move. Yeah. And, was, and she was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's put up with so much bike in her life you know she's not a cyclist she'll go riding with me which is, but uh she's put up with so much for 15 years of our marriage of me riding bikes like any any bike widow wife will will like relate to the fact that bike husbands or bike spouses or whatever yeah or pain um and and i thought if i if i asked her to go on a basically a two you know because even if the race is only this big the trip's this big if i asked her to do this she's gonna kill me um so I said, do you want to go to Morocco? And she knew there must be bikes attached. <laughs> yeah. Of course, right? There's uh, no bikes in Morocco. They don't make awesome. yeah. Just ask her if she wants to go to Morocco. But yeah. So she uh, she didn't say no, which was so weird. Um, and I, you know, I had a really serious conversation with her about this is going to take a lot. And here's why I think I need this. And I explained some of those things that I just said to you guys. And um and she she was okay with it and I said this is going to be hard it's it's going to take a lot of my time and mental energy and I only have like three and a half months it's only three and a half months away and it will be pretty consuming um I'll have to ride one day a weekend pretty long I'll get up early to do it uh and then I was like and I'm not going to abandon the family so like I'm going to double down on like getting the kids up early midweek spend time with me get hit home on time I'll, I'll find ways to, to ride longer on the way to work, get to work a half hour, an hour later, or leave work an hour earlier, and, and then do these long rides of the weekend. So I, you know, I went from 150 to 250, 300 miles a week, just instantly out of pure fear of like, if I don't do this, I'm going to die in, in Africa, um, which is a really <laughs> motivator, which I hadn't had in so long. I hadn't had anything to focus on like that in so long. So and we had a, a generally mild winter, 
because it's winter in Colorado and getting up, you know, at, at daylight in the middle of winter in Colorado and then riding for 100, 150 miles by yourself uh, is, is tough. Like it probably isn't going to go that well, but it did work. It all worked in a way that I could not have really realistically hoped for, but I needed it. And, it, and uh, I got the miles in and I, I talked to everybody. I talked to Jay Peterberry about gear and, and, and a local guy, Greg, about gear. And I just thought about gear and being lost in the desert. And like, it just, it really did consume me for a long time uh, getting ready. But that was just enough time to just dial it all in. And I, I set a goal of like my, my fitness, you know, my quanti quantified fitness on Strava. Uh, I use that little metric and I wanted to hit 100 which for me, I hadn't done since 2014. And like two weeks before the race, the, the final big ride I did, it ticked exactly a hundred. I couldn't believe it. And I was like ready to go. So, awesome. uh, and then I had that shiny, brand new, amazing bike built uh, with matching everything and just like all the, all the awesome. thing was so understated. A lot of people don't probably didn't pick up on it, but I saw how much Cerakote you put on that thing. It was insane. Everything was Cerakoted. I remember it. <laughs> because we were just learning about Cerakote at that point. And we were like, well, as long as we're going to do it, let's see how a seat post holds up. Let's see yeah. what headlight and brake levers and just rims and the yeah. step, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, and then I, you know, I looked at the bike at the end and I was like, if I don't finish this race, this is going to be so embarrassing. But like, <laughs> you're like the bouge mobile. I've got to, yeah. I got to get to the finish. Right. And, you know, bike packing is kind of a dirt baggy thing to do. Like there's people out there on old 26 inch mountain bikes with, you know, rim brakes and tubes and, you know, <laughs> Jan sport bags. And they're, you know what, they're doing great. Yeah. Uh, you do that. And then you I don't would, stop. I mean, it's, it all works the same, right? You just yeah. keep riding, just keep <laughs> Keep working. So I, 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 my goal for Morago was don't, don't embarrass yourself. Uh, don't die. Dude, it was, <laughs> it was inspiring. And I know it's probably, you, you won't see it, but it's probably going to have inspired a lot of other people to try that kind of stuff and do harder things. And I want to, I want to quickly, 2019 was like, I don't think we'll top it. But it, it was like, you know, and, and it's obviously 2020 kind of sucked for everybody. But, but 2019, we did a lot of stuff together. And for me personally, I learned a lot more about you um, because I, you had been coming to my world. You've been coming to the Buck 50. And that's where we kind of sp spent time together. And when, when the Buck 50 is going on, I'm doing the race, you know, directing. And we don't really get quality time and stuff like that. But I had seen, you know, Nick and Mike and you and Jared, and I can't remember who else was there in 2018, but you guys had gone out to Ore and you had, you had ridden in the San Juans and I just saw the pictures and it just looked like, I just never seen anything like that before. And, and I remember reaching out and I was like, I want to go. I don't, I don't know when you're going, I want to go. And you, it, classic Steven, you replied and you were kind of like nonchalant, but you were like, well, you're welcome to come, but if you're going to be mad at me because you did go, I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to go. And I was like, well, damn, does he, does he want me to come or is he just letting me down? Cause it's really hard. Does he think I'm not going to be able to handle it? You know, I, I couldn't figure it out, but we go out to Silverton and this was in August of night of 2019. And, um, I gotta say, it's been really hard to 
hold those memories and that experience inside for this long and not share it with everyone else. I, I know you got to feel the same way. Like it was like, we wanted to share it with everybody and, and the time will come and it'll be awesome. Um, you know, there's hopefully a video coming out uh, or film about it, but I wrote something back then and it was going to be published. And then that business went under and it never got published. And I'm not a writer, but I went back today and I looked at what I had written. And one of the things that I know, I know Nick knows this very well, but I didn't know it before I rode with you, but you have a presence about you that is different than anyone else that I've ridden with. And I came up with these rules that are Stephen rules, I call them. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> and 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 there it's real, it's a real thing. Uh, when when I ride around here, it's competitive. You know, it's competitive or it's friendly, but it's always smash mouth, it's always kind of hard. And we never take pictures or anything like that. And when we got to Silverton, um, and instantly I couldn't breathe and I was scared to death. I'm like, I, my fitness score was not a hundred at the time. And I'm looking, I'm like, we're at nine, we're at, um, 8,500 feet or something like that already when we at start. The yeah, at the bottom. And, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't breathe. I, I, I got winded walking up the ladder to our little loft, you know, and I had to sit down on the bed like, <gasps> and I was like, this is not going to be good. How are we going to ride? And so anyway, we get up there and, and I, I wrote these four things down and, and this is the, this is a testament to what it's like to ride with you. But the, the rule number one is that you have to live in the moment when you're, when you're riding, you, you are a, normally you're a busy guy. You're always telling me about your inbox and how you can't get to things. And, you know, and there's just the stress of this stuff. When you were there, it was like there was this different person. I don't know who he was, but it was riding Steven and he was in the moment. And it was so beautiful to like be there and be like, there's no agenda. There's no rules. There's no drama. There's no like, what are we going to eat tonight? You know, it was just like this, this real piece about riding. It made me feel better because I was scared to death. I'm like, where are we going? And it, and it calmed me down. The, the yeah. second, go ahead. What were you going to say? didn't know where we were going. I hadn't planned yeah, it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and the nonchalantness of that is something that I'm not used to. I'm used to like the wind is, is, you know, five to seven miles per hour out of the Northeast and we're going to ride this route. And there's a KOM to chase that's 27.7 miles an hour. And it's, you know, that's what my ride is like. So this was so awesome. And then, you know, you did, there was two, there's three other things you, I said that you take the road that you've never taken before. You did this a bunch of times. You'd be like, hey, what's that? You know, where does that road go? <laughs> and um, scary, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And we would take that road and something awesome would always happen or something maybe a little sketchy. Or um, it reminds me of when we went over Black, um, Black Bear Pass uh, and and your brother had, was was driving the the SAG vehicle, um, and for days beforehand, we'd heard about this forerunner that had tipped over and almost died, and in the ravine. And you know, and we're we weren't so worried as bike riders, but we're like, how's the how's this Land Rover gonna gonna go do this? And and no joke, we got there. It was worse than anything they showed on YouTube. 
yeah. it was scary, 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 sketchy stuff. But sometimes taking that road is something that really pays off. And I, I learned that from you. The, the other thing is, the third thing is to not take yourself too seriously because I think every cyclist takes themselves a little too seriously. It's probably where rodeo started, like you said, from the road culture of, you know, what are you wearing? What are you riding? And da, 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 da. But I, the video, the teaser video came out today with you in that space ball uh, helmet. Oh, <laughs> you know? And I love that because that those moments were, were classic, but it wasn't just trying to goof off. It, there's something about just riding your bike and not really caring about like anything else other than that. And there's something to that, that you can learn. I think I, I, I don't, I feel like I don't take myself too seriously, but, but I, I, I saw you in your element and it really, you know, it inspired me there. And the, the third thing is, and I think this is like something you really touched on is the fourth thing is the hard thing is where the beauty is. Yeah. You've done things consistently that are, you know, they're difficult. I mean, even, even the local group rides you guys do up tabletop, you know, I went over there that day and I was, um, I think I was on Nick's wheel and, you know, they didn't say anything. They're just like, Oh, we're going to go over there and go up the, go up in the park, you know? And, and we turn, they all know what they're doing, but I didn't. And we turn onto this little trail and all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's a mountain bike trail and it's straight up and there's roots and rocks and turns and all this crazy gnarly stuff right away. And that's where I was like, oh, this is what these guys are doing on their group ride, you know, and just the little subtlety of that, when you put that in Silverton and you saw where we were going, what we were riding up, I remember the first day we rode up um, that huge, huge climb, which you'll see in the film. And we forgot about it because we came back on the razors a couple days later and we drove up it and we are all like, we rode this? I can't believe we rode this. Do you remember that? I mean, I know you guys had done it the year before, but that is where- Doing this while we were going up it, <laughs> I thought like, that was why I said, don't be mad at me if you come. Cause yeah. I get into some situations that don't make any sense until you get to the top, you know, then it makes sense when you look around. I remember you did that when we hit California Pass that first day and you were like, I can't describe this to anyone. I've yeah. never seen anything like this yeah. before. This is, you know, and you were just kind of, and as a matter of fact, I think you made a little video of it um, that I saw recently. Uh, and I, that's, that is enough to like put me on cloud nine for a long time when somebody sees something that you love, which I love those mountains that much. And yeah, uh, I had gone with Nick and seen him struggle up Imogene the year before that. Uh, and I knew he hated me, like, I was like he hates me. yeah. Uh, but then we got to the top, and like Nick had that, like he had the fact that he made it to the top of that thing. Yeah. And I was like, I think he gets it. And then he, and then I was, like, that's enough. That like that's that is so worth like all of that work that it takes to get to the top, and yeah, all the, the the ridiculous and stupidity of the whole thing. None of that matters anymore when you finally get up there and you look around and you're with your friends. Uh, we had a bunch of those moments on that trip. Uh, and it was, honestly, it was like a life-changing moment for me personally. And I, I see pictures now, like I think Mike's posted some pictures up recently of 2018 
of Jared and you climbing up the little thing at California Pass. And part of me was a little bit jealous, like, well, they did it the year before, you know? And then I was like, oh, that's the same feeling that I want to have if I go back and I'm with, I want to see someone else experience it for the first time, you know, because it was that impactful. Like I couldn't believe that I was there on the top of a mountain and everywhere I looked around were other mountains on the top of the mountain, you know, on this level with you, the yeah. top are all here or below you. You have to experience it. If you see it on, and I'm sure Casey's going to make it look amazing on film, but it was even bigger in person. And I, I mean, I hope we can get back there. I know we'll get back there someday. Um, I think when we talked about that trip, you, you know, we all said kind of like, we can't ever try and duplicate this experience exactly, right? You can never go back to a place again for the first time. Yeah. But when you can go with people who haven't been and introduce some people to it for the first time and then relive it with them, it's pretty much as good as the first time, right? Yeah. Because like, if they finally get it, like, you know, there are plenty of trolls out there who will see that what we did and have seen what we did. And they're like, get a mountain bike. What are you doing? Right, right. Actually gone and like copied us and ridden some of that stuff to try and do like, you know, hike trips or travel things yeah. like here we are. Right. And they, in their feedback, were just complaining and hating it. Like so some people will never really get why any of that would be appealing. Uh, yeah when you finally get with some people who do which is why i when i said if you like you can come but just don't hate me like those are my only terms because people who come on on really difficult trips or do anything difficult like it's it's not universal like that, yeah. that isn't universal to everybody not everybody would like that very few people would like it uh so when you find the people those people that do it they're your jam but we put a public invite out into early 2019 and said we called it uray week at the time we didn't yeah over 10 and we were like uray week we put the dates up and we were like everyone's invited nobody should come you know and here's <laughs> the dates um and jj is the only person uh who specifically responded to that invite and he came up at croatan and said i love it i'm young jj I'm going to get a donkey and I am going to Silverton week. Yeah. And I, I don't know who you are. Dude is a legend. I love it. And I'm glad you said that to me too, because when we did the big day, which was up million dollar highway, up black bear, down into Telluride and then back up Imogen and over the top of Imogen back to Array, it was um, not even close, but it was the hardest day I've ever had on the bike and part of it was Imogen was really tough really really tough and um the side that we went up you know big rocks super steep and it was just unrelenting and it was so hot when we came out of lunch and and we started going up um I remember you guys were a little bit ahead of me, not that far, I mean, you know, hundred yards or something. And there was that waterfall. And I don't know if you remember this, but you and Nick, you guys were pretty fit. You stopped. I stopped for a second, but I was like, I've got to keep going. I'm going to, I got to put some room in between me and these dudes. They're going to catch me, you know, eventually. And so I started going and, and, uh, um, not long after that, I, I started to get 
in my head, you know, and just like, I couldn't see anywhere near the top. I didn't know where I was. It was really hard. And I was like, Stephen, this is what Stephen was talking about. I can't hate him. I can't be mad at him. I can't. And no joke. I said that to myself for three hours while I walked up that mountain and, and I walked way more than I rode. And it was, um, a lot of people at the top and I'm not knocking anybody else, but they would, if they were walking, they hopped on their bike and rode to the top. I walked right onto the top. Cause you know what? I wasn't going to front. Like I rode up that thing because I didn't, it was hard. And, <laughs> but the, the moral of the story is, and I've told you this before we got up there, the sun was going down and um, it was cold. It's really cold on those peaks. It's way colder than it is a couple hundred yards down. And it, uh, I was ready to start the descent. And I started the descent and I had the best descent of my life. It was awesome. And it, by the time I got back to the car, I had forgotten all about how miserable I was on Imogen, but the, 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 the ride itself was epic. I would have gone back and done it the next day. You know, like it was, it was awesome. I can't wait to go back and experience it, but what's that? I physically couldn't have like, the no, next yeah, year. no, I needed a day off, but I mentally was prepared for the journey, I guess. Um, and part, that's the thing that I hope people know about rodeo is that it is a bike and it's a bike company, but like Jared said, you know, it's a life. And if you, if you want a bike that you can experience those kind of things on, I, I can't think of another bike out there so just congratulations for creating such a thing um you know i i can't wait until i got a bike in the in the hopper there i know it's in there somewhere and when i get it i'm gonna <laughs> be so excited um the silverton films i think Casey's working on it if you guys haven't seen there's a little teaser that popped out today a couple like an hour or two ago and we were so jones to see it um the i hope i hope you know yeah, we're a bike company and we have to sell bikes to continue to exist. Like you can't ever get very far away from that. But um, if we have any kind of equilibrium now, the hope is to not get lost in the, the commercial necessity of the company and be able to step away again and think about how can we how can we help more people have that experience? So you've, you've got my gears turning. We've, I mean, this pandemic's got to end. And we got to get we got to get back. We got to show some more people what makes us tick. Um, cause it's, yeah, that's the well of inspiration that you can go I to. I mean, maybe if we, maybe if we ride the San Juans on supplemental oxygen, it'll be even better and even safer. You know, maybe I'm down with that, you know? <laughs> I don't think, yep. The e-bikes, they're coming. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> the e-bike's going to be called the Sherpa. Please, please let it. Uh, well, Steven, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, dude. appreciate um, you joining. I know Nick and, and Drew are in the background. Tell them we said hello. We look forward to, um, whenever we can ride again. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. I, I, I'll, I'll drive to Colorado at this point, you know, like um, I'm going to tell my wife, Hey, do you want to go to Colorado? And it's like Morocco. You know, like, <laughs> hey, when you come through the state, just pick me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of frequent flyer miles that we've made this year on the corporate card and we're just going to fly <laughs> <Go> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. so, well, cool. Thanks for, yeah. letting me talk about it. Um, if you guys don't follow uh, the Rodeo Labs um, uh, podcast, please do. Uh, they're also on Spotify as well. And um, that'll give you a lot of uh, cool insight. Nick helps uh, host that. And um, please, yeah. you know, if, if you want a bike, I know, I know we didn't cover this, but if you want a bike, 
get in line now. Uh, the, the lines are long and the times are long. So um, plan ahead. Yeah. And the bike you already own is probably pretty good. Pretty great too. So just ride your bike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any bike, any bike matter. Any bike you want to ride is fine. We're all, we're all friends here. We're all friends. <laughs> Well, cool. Thank Thanks, you, guys. buddy. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, look forward to riding soon. Yeah. Soon enough.